0: So looking at the disciple believer. Now, the starting point is to understand who a believer is and who a disciple is. Okay? I want to I need to respond. Okay? Yes. Yeah. So when I when I say okay, you respond. Don't just look at me. Mm. You respond. So we look at yeah, so we look at who a believer is and who a disciple is. So when we talk about a believer, we are simply referring to a person who has um, accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior, or as her Lord and Savior, and of course has received eternal life in his or her spirit, all right? And that's the that's, that's believer. So for you to be a believer and you have to Accept the Lord Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, and you have the consequence of that is that you receive eternal life in your spirit. Now, when we talk about a disciple, a disciple is simply someone who is a student, All right? Discipleship is just, or a disciple is someone who is a student. So, for example, when you hear about the disciples of Jesus. We are simply referring to the people who were taught directly by Jesus. Okay, we're referring to people who were uh, who sat under the ministry of Jesus, and were taught by Jesus. So a disciple is just a student. I don't want to go into the Greek and everything. Let me not confuse people. But yeah, so disciple simply means a student. A believer is simply someone who has accepted the Lord Jesus right as their Lord and Savior. And I hope here everyone is uh, a believer. I should assume, right? You're allowing me to assume. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you go to, to certain places in this country, everyone claims to be a, a believer. Everybody, especially in Zambia, right? As long as they just grew up in, in a Christian home, everyone, everyone thinks they're a Christian and everyone thinks they're born again. But that's not true. That's not true. But anyway, so, yeah, so when we talk about discipleship or a disciple, um, so a disciple is simply a student of his master or a student generally. So let's look at something interesting about about the disciples of Jesus. We'll start with, with those. I think they are the first reference point. But I want you to pay particular attention to everything I will explain today. In the book of Mark, chapter number three, Mark chapter number three, verse fourteen, Mark chapter number three, verse fourteen, and fifteen. So Mark three, verse fourteen and fifteen. The Bible says, Then he appointed twelve. In other words, he chose twelve disciples that they might be with him, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach. All right? He says he appointed twelve, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach. So there are two things we get to notice from this portion of scripture. Number one, when Jesus called or appointed the twelve to be his disciples, he called them out firstly to be with him. Have you seen that right? He says he, he appointed them that they might be with him. That's the first thing. And then it says that he might also send them to go and preach, right? So the first thing that uh, the first mark of a disciple there was actually spending time with the master. That's 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 very important because just like when you are, like I said, uh, a disciple is simply a student, right? Now if you've been a student before or if you're a student, you realize that you actually have to have a certain level of contact with a lecturer for you to be a student, right? Or with a teacher, if you're a pupil. You understand that, right? Yeah, you have to have a certain level of contact. You have to have a certain level of interaction, either directly or indirectly. You will have a certain level of interaction with the person that is teaching you. So Jesus called these guys to be with him. It's that the simplest way, really, is this: if uh, there are certain professions in this country where uh, you can't you can't be in that profession unless you are trained formally. You understand that, right? Yeah, you can't be in certain profession unless you are formally trained. But there are other professions where you can be in the profession even with informal training. You get that, right? Yeah, maybe because there are people who are young here. Let me explain that what that means. Informal training simply means you don't have to go to class or to school to learn certain things. So, for example, there are certain people who are carpenters, for example. So they, 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 they do carpentry and maybe they even run their own carpentry workshop, right? But they never went to, to school to, to learn that. Maybe they sat under someone who was a carpenter and after learning, they got a hang of the whole work and they, they became a carpenter themselves, right? Or there's someone maybe who is a mechanic, right? They never went, they never sat in a class of mechanics, but they simply were taught by someone. So that's informal education. However, you can't be a doctor in that manner. You understand that, right? You can't be a lawyer in that manner. As much as you can sit under a lawyer and they may teach you everything about law, as much as you can sit under. A, a medical practitioner and they may teach you everything and about medicine and everything. That doesn't qualify you to be a doctor after all those years. Mm. If you've not gone through formal training. Mm. are we together. So Jesus called these guys in order to train them, in order to teach them. Mm. So when we look at someone who is a disciple, we're looking at someone who actually sits in order to be trained by the Lord. All right? And then the second thing that we get to notice from this scripture is that Jesus, he called them that they might be with him and then he says that he might send them to go and preach. So the second thing we get to notice about this person called a disciple is that he's actually sent to go and do something. You see, when you're in school, as even, even, even when you love all your classmates and you're best friends with everyone, there has to come a time when you graduate. <laughs> I don't know if you understand. Now, even if you love the environment so much, you don't want to leave because maybe you like the fact that the, the the school facilities have got Wi-Fi and everything. You don't want to leave and whatnot. But there has to come a time when you have to leave those facilities, right? Whether in high school, there has to come a time when you write your grade 12 exams and you leave. If you're in college, there has to come a time when you write those final exams, the last exams at that school, and you graduate, right? Yeah. So no matter how much you like a particular environment, it means you have to come to a place where there's a graduation. So, these guys were called to be with Jesus. Were called to learn under the feet of Jesus. But at the end of it all, the results was for them to be sent. The results was for them to be commissioned. Just like when you sit in class. For example, you're studying to be a nurse. There has to come a time when you are no longer just a student nurse. You will become the actual nurse. You will be sent out to go and do the work yourself. You understand that, right? Yeah. That's like... uh there's uh there's a video i saw of uh of, of 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 medical doctors um where they they had just graduated from from medicals who got their license and whatnot and they were on the ward like you know the way doctors attend to patients right yeah and then they uh there was an emergency and all of them were screaming call the doctor call the doctor then they forgot they were the doctors <laughs> you understand So, so sometimes it's like that with a lot of people. So, there comes a time when you're no longer the student. There comes a time when you're actually the professional in that field. There comes a time when certain people have to sit under you and learn from you because you are now the professional. Are you following? Alright. So, it means these guys were called not just to learn from Jesus, but actually he wanted to send them. So if we're looking at someone who is a disciple, we're looking at someone whom the Lord Jesus can actually have confidence in sending you to go do something. I don't know if you're following. It means there are certain things, just like an example is this. Uh, maybe let's say you're the easiest way I can, the easiest example I can give is in the house. There are certain things, let's say if you have a young one in the house, let's say cooking or cleaning, right? There's, there's, there's a certain stage where you can't allow someone, a child, to clean the house without you supervising them. Mm-hmm. You understand that, right? Or there's a certain time when you can't allow it someone who of a particular age to cook in the house without them being supervised. Mm-hmm. Are you following? It means after them, after they are done cooking, you have to first test the food. So is, this, is this actually worthy of, uh, of our parents actually eating it? you know what i'm trying to say right yeah but then there comes a time when you you be confident enough to just the moment they know okay this one has cooked you don't even bother go taste the food because you know that okay this one does a good job but if another person cooks you go and check it you understand that right yeah so there comes a time when there's a graduation that takes place and this is what Jesus, this is what the Bible is trying to show us. here. The first first thing is that these guys had to be trained. They had to sit under Jesus and for them to be trained by him. And the second thing is that they had to get sent. And each person who is a disciple of the Lord actually gets, there comes a time when the Lord actually will send you to do certain things himself. There comes a time like that. Let's go on. All right. All right. So, this, with that explanation, I think the easiest, allow me to explain this. All disciples are believers, but not all believers are disciples. Mm. Let me say that again. Every disciple of the Lord Jesus is a believer. But not every believer is a disciple. Because, remember what I said, right? To say, For you to become a believer, it's simply just you accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, right? You get born again. But then to become a disciple means you're a student. All right? It means you're a student. And then it means not every, and if you notice, we live in the body of Christ, it's not every person who is a student of the Lord. Some people just, you know, there are certain people who, when they go to meetings, right, and they ask them, Oh, are you born again? Would you, would you like to accept the Lord, Jesus, the Lord as your Savior? Yes. They raise their hands, make the prayer to, to accept him as, the, as their Lord and Savior. But after that, they will leave and do nothing about it. You see, Christianity is more than just, it's when you when you make that confession for Jesus to be your Lord, that is the beginning. That's not the end. For a lot of people, they think that's the end. Oh yeah, oh yeah I've secured my ticket to heaven now. We're well, good. Let me just, <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Yeah, my ticket to heaven is secured. So let me just you know, focus on on making money and all these things. And yeah, so me and God, we're good. We're good. You know, like we've just, we've sorted everything out. Whatever thing was between him and I, like it's, it's all good now. <laughs> you understand that, right? Yeah, and that, that's actually the attitude that a lot of people have. But then we are talking about a believer who is actually discipled, not just a believer who remains just as a believer. Even when we get to heaven, people will not receive rewards just for accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They will receive rewards for what they did. I don't know if you understand. Just like even in the natural, no one gets awarded for being alive. <laughs> you understand? No one receives an award for, for breathing. Oh, you're getting the award because, because you're alive. This award is simply because you're just, you know. <laughs> no, there has to be something you'd have done for the, for you to be awarded, right? Yeah. So just like, for example, when you see a certificate in, 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 in someone's office, you them, what's that certificate for? Because you know, that certificate represents something someone has done. Mm-hmm. Or it represents something that someone has been through. You understand that, right? Yeah. So when we talk about a believer who is discipled, we're simply getting a believer or simply describing someone who has moved from just being a believer to someone who's given themselves to be taught by god and after being taught by god god has got enough confidence to actually send you in the field to do to do certain works i don't know if you're following yeah so not every it's not every believer who is a disciple ask your you're a disciple <laughs> let them give you an answer <laughs> <laughs> By the time we're done, let's see if some of you think you're disciples. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm just born again. I don't think I'm I'm a disciple yet <laughs> of the Lord. So you have to, you it has to move from a point where it's just you're not you're not just, you know, because Zambia is a Christian nation. There won't be salvation just because you're Zambian. No, um we're saved. The Lord, you know, because I'm a Christian, i in a Christian nation. Discipleship. That's very, very important. Let's go on and, um, and read the book of Matthew, chapter number 28. Matthew, chapter number 28, verse 19. Matthew, chapter number 28. Okay. Matthew, chapter number 28. And the verse of 19. Matthew 28, verse 19. Matthew 28, verse 19. The Bible says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. All right? It says, says, go therefore and make disciples. Have we seen that? says go therefore and do what and do what yeah so the instruction was not exactly to win souls because with the winning of souls is the beginning it means just like for example uh have you ever gone to a meeting with a friend maybe that friend is just very wildly you go to a meeting and maybe in that meeting they accept the Lord Jesus as their Savior. But after that meeting nothing has changed about them. I don't know if you've seen certain people, right? A lot of people like that is simply because after accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they are not given to discipleship. They are not given to be taught. The instruction was for us to actually make disciples. And this should tell you something. Disciples are made by fellow disciples. Because Jesus was telling the disciples to go and make disciples. Mm-hmm. So, what whenever you hear people say, No, for me, I don't have to go to churches in the heart, can your heart make you a disciple? Mm-hmm. It can't, mm-hmm. and that is why a, a number of times the enemy has tried to fight the institution called the church. Because he knows the instruction can only be fulfilled in this place that God has has, has called his church. That's why disciples are made. I don't know if you're following. So it means, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Make disciples. So in other words, disciples are made. So, for you to become a disciple, you have to give yourself, to, be, you have to, give yourself uh, to discipleship. You have to allow yourself to be made into a disciple. There is no believer who is born a disciple. Just like there is no human being who is born a student. You understand? There is no human being who is born a student. No matter how brilliant you are, if you don't give yourself to school to learn, you will never become a student. I don't know if you understand. You can't say for me I I, I was I was born intelligent. Mm-hmm. I don't have to that that's the that, that's that's exactly what, what, what people mean when they say for me, ah, church is just in the heart. I don't I don't have to go to church, I don't have to do all these things. So disciples are actually made. So you have to give yourself you have to give yourself to be made into a disciple. And if you don't allow if you don't give yourself to be made into a disciple, you will never become one. And funny enough is this, a number of people think they're disciples simply because they grew up in church. Now, growing up in church is not equivalent to you becoming a disciple. You might have grown up in church, but not become a disciple of the Lord Jesus. Becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ simply means you give yourself to be taught the word of God. You give yourself to the things of God. You give yourself to the desires of the Lord. Because isn't that how it is even in school? Right? If you've been in university before, you may not understand how the lecturer does things. But if the lecturer wants it that way, you must do it that way. Mm -hmm. You understand that, right? You may think the lecturer doesn't know what they're they're doing, what they're talking about. Even if they are wrong, if they want it that way, you will do it that way. Mm -hmm. You understand that, right? You meet those of you who are in school, you meet sometimes the lecturer, you understand. "Ah, But the answers are are, are like this. Mm -hmm. And they will tell you, no, 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 no. Go this direction. You, if... If, if you decide to go the way you think is right, <laughs> you will fail. <laughs> you understand that, right? Yeah, you will fail. So you give yourself away way to, to learn. You follow the teachings of the person who is the master. And when we talk about the disciple there, Jesus is our master. So it means you give yourself a way to be taught the principles of the Lord. You give yourself to be taught the mind of God. You give yourself to be taught the ways of God. You follow the principles that Jesus has actually set. That's what it means to be a disciple. You give yourself away to what He wants. Do you know the number of believers who, who behave as though God, li- God exists for them? <laughs> the number of believers. That's why sometimes you find someone can actually decide to say, Look, ah, for me, I won't even pray after my last prayer point didn't get answered. I won't do this you know what I mean like they say ah I can't even save in church after all this and that you understand there are number of believers who behave as though God lives for them like like if you are not there God wouldn't be there <laughs> the number of believers who behave like that like if you see just like for example the Bible tells us to make a prayer the lecture will be done right In other words, you are making a prayer that God's will should be done, not yours, eh? His will. But sometimes you find this. You've not even inquired what his will is. For you, your will is to do A, B, C, D. And because you want your will to be done, not his will, you will do what you want and then call on him to come and respond to what you've done. Mm. And that's that's how a lot of people actually pray. They will start something without, without even consulting him. And then after something is already halfway, now it's in a mess. They're calling on him now to come and help out. give yourself to discipleship give yourself to learn what god wants you to do do you know what the things god wants you to do and i'll tell you this god maybe some of you have grown up believing that god is a mysterious god you can't know his ways that's not true you can actually know the thoughts of god concerning your life you can know the thoughts of God concerning your career. You can know the thoughts of God concerning your business. You can know the thoughts of God con- concerning your academics. You can know the thoughts of God concerning your health. You can know the thoughts of God concerning anything in, in your life. You can actually know. We don't have a God who is mysterious towards his children. You understand? He's mysterious to the world, not to his children. For a student who reviews himself, I don't know if you understand. Yeah. Just like the children of Israel. To everyone else, they knew that there was a God somewhere. But the children of Israel, there are certain revelations of him that others did not have. And that's how it is for the the child of God. There are certain revelations that we have become custodians of because we are his. All right? So give yourself to be made into a disciple because like I said, a disciple is actually made. A disciple is actually made. Just like, For example, if you are are training to be, um, if you are training, let's say, to be, uh, what profession can I give? Let's say a banker or an economist or something, right? When you're training, or whatever profession you're in, when you're in class learning, when you're there seated and you're being taught by your lecturer, you don't realize at what point you're being made into that profession. (laughs) You understand that, right? All you know is that you're just listening. <laughs> At what point you're being made into an economist, you don't even realize it. But then, one day when you hear on the news certain things are being explained, all of a sudden you remind oh, you're now understanding. I'm actually an economist and understand these things. Or one day when someone asks you a question concerning certain things, concerning the nation, you understand. You understand that, right? You're training to be maybe... Uh, Uh, let's say um, a computer guy, IT person or something, you don't realize at what point you're being made into it. You don't realize it. All you do is just, I'm attending class and I listen. Mm. But then somewhere, somewhere, something is taking place in your mind. Somewhere, somewhere, your mind is being shaped to think a certain way. You understand? Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're beginning to respond differently from everyone else. You understand that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have been trained to be an electrical engineer or something. Before, when something when, when a fridge dies, maybe in, in the fridge or in, in the house, or when something dies in the house, before you would you would call someone. Now you're thinking, I think I can open this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't realize at what point you, you became like that. All you know is that you sat under someone, they taught you how to do ABCD. This does this, this does that, this does that. Or you could even be self-taught. This there, this there, this there. Before you know it, something is done. Something is fixed. You think differently from the rest, and that's what that's what that's what discipleship means. Discipleship actually brings you to a place where your mentality is different. You think differently from the others. You don't think like you don't think like every other believer. I don't know if you understand. You must give yourself out to discipleship. You must give yourself to be taught. Okay. Give yourself to be taught the word of God. Allow allow yourself to be taught the scriptures. Let's go on and read some some more scriptures. Hmm. Anyway, I was explaining how church is the place of discipleship, right? But let me before I give you the scriptures, let me explain that a little. So, when we talk about, let's say, church being a, a, a place of discipleship, just like a school is a place where you get trained, to become something all right a university for example you when you're in when you're in university and you're in a particular class you get trained into that profession okay it means even when you come to church there is a training that takes place so the same way the, the same the same way as a, a school can be a training place for you to become something it means even church becomes a training place for you to actually be a disciple and that is why you must be very consistent with church it's very important and just as I explained, you may not realize at what point you're being trained to be a disciple. You may not realize at what point you have been made into a disciple. But somewhere, somewhere, as the word of God is entering your spirit, somewhere, somewhere, there is something that is taking place in your spirit. Somewhere, there is something that is taking place on your mind. There is a transformation that is taking place somewhere. You may not realize when. You may not realize when you got that revelation. You may not realize when you actually received certain impartations. You may not realize when you beg- you began to function in certain gifts of the spirit. But as you are trained in church, and that's why church church is very important. It's a training place. So for the believer, and that's why you must understand, I was it's funny. When you talk upon, when you talk to certain people for example, When you ask them, why why do you go to this particular church? Sometimes just ask, ask someone that random question. You'll be amazed at some of the reasons they'll tell you. You'll be amazed. There are certain people whom they go to particular places simply because they like someone there. You understand that, right? Yeah, they like someone there. Or they go to a particular place simply because, oh, I love the pastor's accent. (laughs) I love how the pastor talks. There are certain people who go to particular places because the the pastor is educated. Hmm. I don't know if you understand. Yeah. Settle down. Hurry up. Settle down. Yeah. So there are certain people who They'll go to a particular place, like I said, simply because the pastor is educated. They just love it, you know? When they hear him explain certain things, they love it. So there are certain people who, who go to a particular place simply because, oh, they love how people dance. You know? They're for Shimweila. So when they go to a particular place and see people dancing, ah, this is. This place is for vibes. <laughs> it's not the quote, right? <laughs> vibes on vibes. <laughs> you know what I mean? When they are dancing, you can just. It's a language for you. Mm -hmm. But then, when you're choosing a particular school to go to, what do you look into? Mm -hmm. Sorry? (laughs) What do you look into? You who has been to schools. I asked a question earlier. When you're choosing a particular school, I want a a random answer. When you're choosing a particular school to do something, what do you look for? Why why, why do you choose a particular school? Quality of education. Another one? The course you want to do. Another one? Others are in high school. (laughs) Facilities, right? Yeah. So there are certain places you won't find certain things, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just like, that's why even the place you get taught is very important. It matters. It really, really matters. Mm -hmm. It matters. Let me. Let's go to Second Kings chapter number, chapter number three. Second Kings chapter number three. Second Kings chapter number three, verse ten and eleven. Second Kings, chapter number three. Verse ten and eleven. Second Kings chapter number three, verse ten and eleven. All right, we're well, there, right. Okay, 2 Kings 3, verse 10 and 11. I always have to repeat the scriptures because even after saying them three times, someone just doesn't seem to get it. There's always someone asking their neighbor, what scripture did the pastor say? Or they'll ask you after service. So 2 Kings chapter number 3, verse 10 and 11. The Bible says, And the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called has called these these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of of Moab. All right? And then he says, But Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So now notice this something here. So these guys wanted to inquire something from God, right? And because they wanted to get something from God or they wanted to get certain information from God, the Bible says, Jehoshaphat asked a question, So is there no prophet Uh, is there no prophet in Israel, right? Or among you and whatnot? And then he goes on to say, yeah, is there no prophet? In verse 11, right? So Joseph said, is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king, uh, of the king of Israel answered saying, Elisha, the son of, uh, of Shaphat is here who poured water on the hands of Elijah. Have you noticed this? Elijah was the prophet before Elisha. And Elisha was chilling with Elijah all this well, right? They were together. The, Elisha was actually a student of Elijah. But then what happened when Eli- Elijah was gone? When they needed a prophet? Who did they look for? The student. They looked for someone who was disciple. They didn't they didn't, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't, they didn't look for anyone else. And the Bible says, goes on to say, verse 12 says. Because they mentioned that Elisha, the son of of Shaphat, is here, right? Who poured water on the hands of Elijah? That's all they knew about about this guy. They had never heard him prophesy. (laughs) All they heard was that this guy was actually just pouring water on the hands of of Elijah. That's all they knew. You understand that, right? Yeah. It's like, let's say, when you're looking for a mechanic. Ah, is there a mechanic? Ah, that one is the son of that one. You've never seen him fix any car. (laughs) All you know is that he's a son of that one. So the assumption is that he should know what to do when when something is off, right? And that's the assumption that was here. So the Bible goes on to say, uh, in verse 12, And Joseph said, the word of the Lord is with him. Have you seen this? Where was the confidence coming from that Elisha actually had the word of the Lord? It was simply because he was actually discipled by Elijah. You understand? So when we talk about discipleship, we are simply, when you talk about a student, there comes a time when the student can do what the master can do. I don't know if you are following. There comes a time when the student is able to do what the master can do. And that's the whole essence of discipleship. So when Jesus was making disciples, he was simply making people who can do the things he can do. I don't know if you understand. Yeah. Yeah. So you're simply doing it. So there has to to come a place when, let's say, look, oh, we're looking for this person, and you are there available. We're looking for this, and you are there available. So these guys looked for someone who was discipled by a prophet because they wanted something that only a prophet could provide. So if people are looking for something that only the Lord can provide, can they look for you? Or you're just, you know, a dear brother. Or a dear sister. Who can't. Anyway. So let's talk about the effects of discipleship. What happens when someone is discipled? The first thing I mentioned is that uh, you will be able to do what the master does. All right. That's the first thing. So when you're discipled, when you talk about a believer who is discipled, a believer who is discipled will be able to do the things that the master can do. So when we go to let's go back to the, the first scripture I read, which is Mark chapter number 3, verse 15. Mark chapter number 3, verse 15. Mark chapter number 3, verse 15. Mark 3, verse 15. Oh, let's start reading from verse 14. Mark chapter number 3, verse 14. The Bible says, Then he appointed 12. In other words, he appointed the, tw- the, the 12, the 12, the 12 apostles. He appointed 12. Uh, that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach right and then verse 15 says and to and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils right have you seen that right so it got to a point jesus when jesus appointed the 12 to be his disciples he appointed them, number one that he might be with him right Number two, according to the Bible, that he might send them out to go and preach. And then the third thing they noticed is that they might have power to go actually to actually heal sicknesses and to cast out all devils. So this shows us something here. When we, when we talk about discipleship, these guys moved from a place where when they needed some when they needed a healing in a particular area, they no longer called on Jesus. I don't know if you understand. They they could no longer just say, for example, there was a there was a time when uh when Peter's mother-in-law got sick, according to the Bible, right? And they called Jesus to come and heal. Now, there, there came a time when Peter was the one being called to heal the sick. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you understand. The example I gave you earlier, just like when you talk about a student, there comes a the ti- come the time when you're no longer just a student. You have to become the master. Mm-hmm. All right? There comes a the time, you know, you're, you're there as, 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 as whatever it is you're studying. You know, you're there as a nurse, as a doctor, as a lawyer. There comes a time where you're a mechanic, a plumber, whatever it is. There comes a time when you're not the one giving the tools to the person. You're the one who is actually in the forefront and doing the work. And that's what he was calling them to do there. He says he actually gave them power to actually heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. So there comes a time when, let's say, when someone manifests devils, even in your family, you don't have to call pastor. So pastor, they're refusing to come out. I had an experience like that where I was called at 23. Not by a member of the church even. 23, someone is calling me, no pastor. We were praying together and then our brother manifested demons here. He we cast it out. We've been doing that for the last one hour. and they were, they were even almost being beaten. So I was like, ah, you know what? We had to go that side and do it. 23. Calling you at 23. So, but then, if you notice, there has has to come a time when you move from being the person who needs healing to someone who heals the sick. There has to become someone, there has to become, there there has to to become a place where you move from being a person who every time, you are the one who is being taught to being the one who teaches. I don't know if you understand. No person is a student for life. No matter how much you like being in school. (laughs) You understand? There is no person who is meant to be a student for life. No person. Even even schools will exclude you. They will be tired of seeing your face. You've been here for far too long, sir. Go. Just go. You understand that, right? You are there. Same course. Ten years. Same, Same school. And everything. You know every lecture that has come in that has gone out. Every classroom. You know them. <laughs> there has to come a time when you're no longer just a student. There has to come a time when you actually can do what the master is able to do. And at that time, remember, Jesus was the only one who could heal the sick. Remember that, right? At that time, Jesus was the only one whom when devils actually um when devils are manifesting, only he could cast them out. Because you remember, when the first time they saw him casting out devils, they were amazed. So what manner of man is, this that even spirits are obedient to him. They were shocked. They had never seen anything like that. They were used to people being afflicted by devils and all that. But here, here comes a man called Jesus. All of a sudden, when the devil is afflicting people, he doesn't just watch, ah, no, get well soon. <laughs> yeah, and and, and listen, it, change, it it changes your mindset. Because look, if the disciples of Jesus were now given authority to heal the sick, it means if ever they were invited to go and pray for the sick, it was not to take bananas for them and just wish them well. Quick recovery. <laughs> no, they had a mission. They had a mission. Let me show you a scripture that maybe some of you had never seen, some of you have. John. John chapter number 14, verse 12. This is one of my favorite scriptures. John chapter number 14, verse 12. This is what I I want you to open your Bible and look at it. Let's read together. Okay? John chapter number 14, verse 12. John chapter number 14, verse 12. John 14, verse 12. The Bible says, Most assuredly, I say to you, Are we there, right? Are we there? Says, most assuredly, I say to you, says he who believes in me, do you believe in him? Answer. Do you believe in him? Yes. So it means he's talking about you, right? Mm-hmm. Says he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Pause there. Mm-hmm. Says he who believes in me, says the works that I do, he will do also. He doesn't say the works that I did. Says the works that I do. It means when we come into discipleship. There are certain things that there are certain things we move from a place where we say, This only Jesus can do. (laughs) We move from the place where we can say, Ah, you only the Lord can help you. But he says, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And then he goes on to say, And greater works than these will he do because I go to my father. In other words, may I have gone. Remain and do the works that I do. And greater works than this will will he do. It it would have been beautiful enough if Jesus said the works that I do, you will do also. But how does he dare us and just say greater works than this will you do? Greater works than what? Than what he did. And just like, like for example, the fact that you are a student of Mr. A or or Mrs. B, it doesn't mean that your knowledge is limited to what they taught you in class. You can actually excel and be better than them. You know that, right? There are many students who are doing better than their teachers. Many. Many. You'd be amazed. Many. So Jesus there is not limiting. You see, he is not an insecure teacher. Say, so, oh no, you cannot do what I did. You can't go beyond this. Because if you go beyond this, ah, you know. And, then, and I'll tell you this. If you're going to do the works that Jesus did, you must expect the results that Jesus got. And you must expect the reaction that Jesus received. When Jesus worked miracles, not everyone was excited. Some called him a demon. Right? Some called him fake and everything. And that's what happens even today when, when someone is healed, right? Yeah. Go on social media. We just post a healing. <laughs> no, I prayed for the sick and the sick were healed. Ah! You'll be be amazed at the comments. Some some people even quote scriptures for you to show you that your miracle is fake. Quoting a scripture for you. When I realized that, I just remember that even in in the wilderness, Satan quoted scriptures for Jesus. I was not moved. Praise God. So when we talk about a disciple, we're simply talking about someone who can do what what the Father can do or do the works that Jesus can do. And like I said, the the student should be able to do what the master can do. That's the whole essence, right? Yeah. It means when you are being trained to become something, it means at the end of it all, you should be left alone to do the work without being supervised. Not fear. I don't even know what to do. I will mess up everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Where well, Being trained to be... <clears throat> To be an engineer, you construct a road. You, 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 are even, you even want to avoid that road. <laughs> even to family members, please don't pass through that road. <laughs> don't go there. Wherever you are going, just don't pass there. Because you know what you did. <laughs> There must be a confidence in the works you've done. Why? Because you know who has trained you. And that is why even, even universities or schools and everything, they look for the best to train people. Don't just pick anyone. From the, ah, you've got a degree in this. Ah, come, 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 come. Come and train these folks here. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. So discipleship. Give yourself to discipleship. You must be discipled. You must be discipled. And that's one of the reasons, like I said, church is a place of discipleship. It's a place where you get discipled. You get to be discipled. You get to be discipled by listening to the word of God. That's the place where you get to, to be discipled, and that's how you are discipled. And it's only then that scriptures like this will become a manifestation. And do you know some? Do you know how you can? Talk? Like I said earlier, I asked you to ask your neighbour if you if they are discipled. If they are if they don't do some of these things, then we will question their discipleship. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, because the Bible says the works that I do, shall we do also. It means when you're confronted with a situation, imagine Jesus was at a place where there was a storm. How did he react? Ah, we are dead. <laughs> this is the end of us. Did they write a will? <laughs> How did he react? He just said, peace be still, right? And the storm calmed. And because he said the works that I do, he can do also. It means you must remove it from your mindset. But that was Jesus. But Jesus Himself told you that the works that I do if you believe in me. <laughs> no, that happened now because that was Jesus. That's why it happened like that. That was it. Me and me. Me, I've got fears. <laughs> yeah. Me, I'm still dealing, the Lord is still working on me. No. You have to move from a place where you're actually being taught all the time. To actually do certain things. Praise God. Yeah. So discipleship, you do what the father, what the master can do. You do what the master can do. And even greater, that's what the Bible says, right? Even greater. So you must challenge yourself, what are the greater works? If Jesus could raise the dead, what are the greater works? First of all, start with the things that you could do. Praise God. Yeah. So next time your roommate is complaining of a headache, lay hands on him or her. And command it to go. No, don't worry. We'll just go to the pharmacy. (laughs) I'll do it for you because I love you. (laughs) Yeah, you love them. But also exercise the word of God. Practice it. Praise God. Yeah. Then the other thing that we'll look at, or the second thing is that you will talk differently. You will talk differently. That's number two. The effects of, of of a disciple, a believer, was discipled. They talk differently. Believers who are disciples don't talk like every other person. They talk differently. They have a language which is different from everyone else, a language which is different. Let's look at the book of Acts. Acts chapter number. Acts chapter number four. Acts chapter number four, verse thirteen. Acts chapter number 4, verse 13. Acts chapter number 4, verse 13. Acts 4, verse 13. Acts 4, verse 13. The Bible says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, what did they see? What did they see? So when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that these were uneducated and untrained men. Have you seen that? These guys... We are not educated. I've ever seen someone who is confident but there's no education whatsoever. The confidence full of fool. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. Even though they work in the offices and whatnot, you know, especially in these institutions. That's Is that one security guard. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> hey, that one <laughs> who thinks <I'm> they're <laughs> Come here, come here. <laughs> you know what I mean? We've all encountered someone like that. Unusual boldness. Unusual. Sometimes, you know, when you just hear them, just speak English, like, ah, okay. Yes, sir. (laughs) Okay. So it says, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that these were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. In other words, they were amazed. They were amazed. And they said, and they realized that they, that, that they had been with Jesus. So in other words, these guys saw how these guys were talking. The boldness they had. They were amazed. So look, well, how can someone who is not educated talk like this? How can someone who is not trained talk like this? But they, they were amazed. But the Bible says they realized, oh, oh the reason they talk like this is because they've been with Jesus. In other words, there was a difference between how Jesus spoke and how everyone else spoke. You understand that, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's like, what they, what, what they were amazed by is like, like, let's say, if you've encountered someone, if you've interacted with someone, for example, whom, when you hear them talk, they sound like someone, you know, even like, ah, this person is even sounding like their their lecturer or their friend or their parents or their older sibling, right? Yeah, they, 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 the interaction has changed the way they talk. You understand? It has changed their language. And these guys were bold All of a sudden, they were not timid. Because the Bible records there about about Peter. If you read the prayer verses before this, actually, we we all know that this man called Peter actually ended up denying Jesus, right? Right? Yeah, we've read that in, in the Bible. After, after Jesus was captured and everything, Peter just said, "I didn't know this guy." Me? You saw me with him? Where? <laughs> Refused. I didn't. Need, I didn't. I didn't know this guy. But then, something happened after, after they received the Holy Ghost. Alright, in the book of Acts. The Bible says, after they received the Spirit, Peter, who denied Jesus, stood and thousands gathered, gathered to, 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 to listen to him. And when he preached, the Bible records that 3,000 people were, were received the Lord that day. So the Bible records in the book of Acts, 3,000 in one day. The same Peter who denied Jesus, Alright? And then after, because this was this was after, this, this was the conversation after that healed the man at the gate called beautiful in Acts chapter number 3. They healed the man and they were being questioned. By what power did you do this? And Peter, the same one who denied Jesus, all of a sudden stood up and began to speak to them. And began to preach to them. And these guys were amazed. How, how is he talking like this? Where is he getting all this from? This knowledge you can only get it from school. This knowledge you can only get it from people who are trained. But where is this language coming from? Where is this boldness coming from? They realize, oh, they had been discipled by a man called Jesus. They had been walking with a man called Jesus because they identified the boldness that Jesus had and they saw it in Peter and John. Praise God. The language was different. And that's why when someone is discipled, they don't talk like every other person. You understand? You don't talk like every other person. There's the there's, there's, there's way, way, way you talk that's different. For you, you don't talk failure. Even if everyone around you may be failing, you don't talk failure. There are certain words that don't come out from mouth. Remember what I taught last week, right? On words. There are certain things you just don't say. Because you've been trained, you've been discipled. That's like even in school when you're trained to when, when you're trained into a particular uh when into 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 a particular profession even your language changes if you interact with lawyers you know they talk differently you understand that right there's a way they talk which is just different you know what I mean yeah there's a man I know whenever I just sit and talk to him I have to have a dictionary next, next guess, like this like he us <laughs> Are we having a Greek session? <laughs> What's happening, sir? You <laughs> understand? Yeah. There's just, and, and for him, that's just a normal way of talking. Normal. Mm-hmm. There's a difference how we talk. That's a, there's a difference how, how 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 disciples of Jesus talk. There's a difference, and there must be a difference as well. The difference must be it. It must be obvious. Someone shouldn't be able to, maybe, ah, uh, maybe let's, maybe let's see, you know. The first impression wasn't good, but let's see if there's someone, if this person can actually even born again. No, they must be different. And that's that's how it is when someone is discipled. The, the way, they, the way, the, the way they, they talk is different. Praise God. Yeah, they talk differently. You don't talk fear. You don't, you're not timid. You don't talk, you don't talk luck, you don't talk death, you don't, you don't, you don't say all those things. You say what Jesus says. Praise God. And because we're disciples of him, we look at his life, we read. And that's why someone who's a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, you must, you, you, you must be in love with the word of God. You must be in love with the word of God. You must you can't spend a whole week without reading the scriptures. It's just not possible. Maybe even a week, a week is even too far. It's been two days. You've read everything else. All statuses. Everyone's status you've viewed. You know what I mean? you viewed everyone's status. You've gone to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Where haven't you gone? TikTok. If it's those people who spend time on TikTok, they can even spend hours. just watching videos. But tell them to spend 10 minutes in the word of God. They will start yawning. Unless 30 minutes per TikTok. Mm -mm. What I do is this if I notice that a particular thing is getting my attention a little too much, I just get rid of it. There is no social media app that has my attention a little little too much. Nothing. If I notice that this is is becoming too interesting, ah, I'm gone. Like, (laughs) addictions are not not for me. You understand? Some things better to do with them early, before they grow. You realize that you spend one hour on TikTok doing what? Watching people dance. That's why you're watching people dance and just do funny things. That's, that's and I, I even saw a, a funny statement someone posted at, at church Leaders TikTok, they do... I don't know, I don't know what they said. <laughs> but if you know you're a believer and you do funny things, we'll find your videos. When we find them, we'll send them to you and ask you, what, what's going on, sister? My sister, what's wrong? Or my brother, what's happening? Has it come to this? That we're now, we're now doing this. You understand? Yeah. I'm not on that app, but I have people. I'll use my connections and find you. Praise God. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, disciples talk differently. And the other thing we look at is that um, <clears throat> disciples think differently. Disciples think differently. There's a different thought pattern that disciples have. They think differently. I think I'll explain this and we'll end here. Disciples think differently. The book of... Uh, The book of Philippians chapter number 2, verse 5. 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 The Bible says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Have you seen that? says, let this mind, in other words, the mind that Jesus had, the mindset, the mentality that Jesus had, says, let this mind which was in him also be in you. In other words, have the same mentality, have the same mindset, think like the the, the way he thought. And you can tell how someone thinks by their actions, right? Yeah, you can tell how someone thinks by their actions, No matter how someone pretends, trust me, one or the other, their actions will betray them. One day. You know what I mean, right? No, I only said those things to you because I snapped. Really? is what we've been thinking about all this. while. Think differently. I'm not telling you to think different. I'm telling you what, how the disciples think differently. For example, in Acts chapter number three, we get to notice that that Peter and John meet a man, a man who was lame. Right now, every other person, maybe the other believers, who met that man and were kept on giving him money, but Peter and John saw beyond the money. They look their their mindset was that, was, was that look, we can actually heal this guy. You understand? That's the mindset Jesus had when he when he saw people who were sick. Right Yeah. So when Jesus saw people, for example, if if imagine this if Jesus met someone today who was sick, what would you, what would be the first thing you would do? Answer. <laughs> what would be the first thing you would do? Different answers here. I want to hear you. What, what would be the first thing you would do? Would heal them, right? So you when you meet the sick, what do you do? Get well soon. Quick recovery. Or you buy them apples. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Get to a place where you no longer you no longer react like the rest of the world. You no longer behave like the rest of the world. You think at every given opportunity, you think differently. Praise God. Yeah. You think differently. The way Jesus responded, respond that way. In faith. And when I talk about fear, I explained how fear robs people from experiencing what God has for them. Fear robs people from walking in the things God has for them. And sometimes that's what what happens. There are times, there are certain people, even in this place, in their dreams they've healed the sick, but in the way nothing has ever happened. You've dreamt about praying for people. You've dreamt about doing this. Like in their dreams. People's dreams are amazing. But then when you wake up, and and, and when you encounter someone who is sick why don't you lay hands on them and pray for them and sometimes it's very simple because someone is afraid what if it doesn't work you're afraid oh what if what if this what if this what if the what if it works you understand that right yeah so faith requires you to actually step out of that of, of that of that box of fear you step out of it and react according to the word of god don't let fear rob you of walking into what God wants you to walk in. And there are times when, let's say, even people, well, just like when I talk about pride. Pride also is one of those things that just robs you of certain things. God wants you to interact with him at a certain level for you because you want to be so humble. <laughs> you just want to be humble, you know? You know what I mean, right? Yeah. Interact with the word of God. And work it out. Praise God. Yeah. So disciples think differently. They don't think like everyone else. They don't. They don't think like everyone else. Let me conclude by making a few statements that that, that, that I'm merely repeating. The first thing is that God wants you to be discipled. Okay, that's the first thing. God wants you to be discipled. That's very, very important. Every believer must be discipled. A believer who is not discipled, who is not discipled will backslide. A believer who's not discipled will end up not fulfilling their purpose or their destiny. A believer who is not discipled will not know the things that God has done for them. A believer who is not discipled will not will not walk in everything God wants them to walk in. Are we together? Yeah. So when you get born again, when you receive the Lord to be the Lord Jesus to be your, your savior, it doesn't end there. That's just the beginning. Like I said earlier, it doesn't end there. When you receive Him to be your Lord and savior, that's just the beginning. It's a journey. It starts from there. That shouldn't be the end. So God wants you to actually be discipled. Tell your neighbor. God wants you to be discipled. Say, say it with conviction. With conviction. Say God does. It, God wants you to be discipled. Yeah. So you can't be you can't be at the same place all your life. There are, certain be, there are certain believers all their life. Believers all their life, they're on the same level in the faith. Same place all their life. The only thing they learn for, ah, today I learned how to manage my temper. <laughs> like, see, it's just you'll be amazed at some of the things people learn. You know what I mean, right? Not they were, we learned how to be kind to one another. nothing wrong with learning that of being kind to one another, you must be kind to one another. That's like, I remember I was talking to someone earlier this week, they put up a status saying be kind be kind to everyone because don't know what battles they're facing. I said, look, my kindness is not because someone is facing battles, I'm kind because that's my nature. Whether people are facing battles or not, we'll be kind. <laughs> you understand that, right? Yeah. Now we pray for their battles to end, but that's not why we're, that's not why we're kind. So our kindness, is, it's, a, it's part of us. That's like loving, loving people is part of us. We don't love people simply because, oh, we don't know what they're going through. What if they're not going through anything? They, they, they don't deserve to be loved? They do. Right? So whether somebody's is going through things. They're facing battles. They have giants, whatever it is. Mountains and what, whatever it is that people are going through. We, we're, we're kind. We love because we're believers. Okay? So don't put up certain statuses like that. We love because we're believers we're kind because we're believers they matter even in heaven we'll be kind <laughs> when there'll be nothing we will be going through we'll be kind to you still <laughs> you understand that right yeah because the day you discover this one has no battles ah they'll mistreat you <laughs> praise god yeah so every believer must be discipled very very important so like you can't, you can't, you can't be at the same place all your life. You you just can't. You can't have your relationship with God can't be at the same place all your life. One year your relationship with God is the same way. Your prayer life is still on the same level. Two years you are still praying the same way. Three years you are still praying the same way. Then there's something, something wrong. Either you have not given yourself to this, to disciple, to, to, to discipleship, or you are not being discipled. And here we disciple, we train you in the Word of God. Every week we teach you with the Word of God. You get to learn the Word of God every week. Praise God. Yeah. So there is no excuse for someone to not, to not grow and learn. All right? Yeah. There are certain levels of growth we've not yet started uh, stretching you to. When we start, you will cry sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's how it works even with growth. Mm-hmm. When you're growing, right? Yeah. You'd be like Pastor is overdoing doing it now. <laughs> Wait. I have plans for you. It's part of discipleship. Even Jesus, right? Yeah, it's part of discipleship. They train them the hard way. They have to learn the hard way. Some of them. All right. Mention two more things. Yeah. So the other thing is, um, the the role of a disciple is to be like the master. The role of every disciple is to be like the master. I'm simply just. Uh, summarizing what I'm from teaching, the role of every disciple is to be like the master. That's how it is. That's the role. So it means our our role is actually to be like Jesus. We must be like him. You see, when we talk about being like him, remember earlier on I read a scripture in the book of John 14 verse 12, which says, "The works that I do shall we do also, right? In greater works than this shall we do." So the Bible says, right? So it means there has to come a time when. Only the works that Jesus can do are seen in your life. There has to come a time where it's it's not just human works that people can trace. There has to come a time when the only thing known about you is not just intelligence or how well you can make money. There has to come a time when you're not just known for how, how well you look or how well you dress. There has to come a time when you are doing the works that Jesus did. And you are known for the works of the Master. That's one of the marks of discipleship. It's one of the marks of being a disciple. Doing what the master does. And you do it in the exact way that he did it or in the exact way that he does it. Praise the Lord. Then the third thing is that you must be grounded in church. That's very important. That's one of the one of the ways that you get to be discipled. You're grounded in church. When you're in church, you sit down, you come with your Bible, you carry your notepad and everything. You're grounded in church. When you go to class, you don't go without books, do you? You go somewhere to write down something, right? Yeah. So if you are taking church to be a place where you are being trained, where you are being discipled, you come with something to write on. You must buy that small book. I don't have money. I want someone to gift me. You can't be that one who all the time wants to be gifted some things. Invest. You get something. Oh, look, this I'll be writing down church notes in here. And every week you go back and read them. So you must be grounded in church. That's very important. Because I explained, church is the place where, where, where people are discipled. It's a place where you're trained. Praise God. Yeah. So be grounded in church. Hallelujah. Let's be upstanding, please.